0: So these past three weeks of Advent, we've, been, um, we've used the theme of Prepare Him Room and focusing um, not so much on the story of Jesus' birth, that first Christmas, as we often do in Advent, but actually about preparing for his second coming. We've been looking at what we need to do to be prepared for that. We've talked about the need to stay awake, to keep awake, be alert to the signs around us, always living in a way that is alert to the spiritual attacks around us and staying on track with God. We've talked about getting ready, making sure that we're in a good place spiritually and constantly refining ourselves. Last week, Adrian talked about us testifying, always being ready to point people to Jesus. And in all those weeks, we've used as our example John the Baptist, who was the forerunner to Jesus, the one preparing the way for him coming. This final Sunday of Advent, we're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus tomorrow, of course. And we're going to look at the story of Christmas, in particular Mary and how she prepared for Jesus coming. It's amazing to think that 14 years and then 11 years ago, Adrian and I were waiting for the most important and miraculous events of our lives, the birth of Rosie and Katie. And when we think back to, those, uh, to that time of preparation, as we waited those nine months, decisions on buggies, cots, nursery furniture and car seats and clothes and nappies, and wipes, toys, just to name but a few things, plus deal with the emotions of the event, the excitement, the fear and the uncertainty. Now, the circumstances are obviously not quite the same as that of Mary. But as we approach that day of the day that we celebrate the birth of Jesus and his coming again, I want us to think about Mary's experience and emotions as she waited and prepared to to make him room for Jesus. The message from the angels shook Mary. It shook her up, up to say the least. It put her in a place of uncertainty but also one of shattered dreams, open criticism, whispers about her morality and questions from the man she loved. On hearing the news from the angel, her initial reaction may have been that she wished it would just go away. I guess most of us have faced a situation which like Mary, we wished would just go away. Life is, is so full of uncertainties. It's the only thing that is certain. We are constantly presented with situations where we must move for- towards and move forward in spite or of or alongside our uncertainties. And so here Mary was, a young girl whose world was rocked by this encounter with an angel. And let's just take a, a moment or two to look at some of Mary's initial reactions as she prepared for this event to unfold in her life. Firstly, she was troubled Luke 1:28 and 29 says the angel went to her and said greetings you who are highly favored the lord is with you mary was greatly troubled it says at these words and wondered what kind of greeting this was the word troubled means to be thoroughly confused mary was mixed up possibly because she didn't think herself as one who was highly favored she knew all about her shortcomings secondly she was afraid while it was a common occurrence for people to be terrified when the angel appeared angels appeared i think mary is also afraid because she's contemplating the implications of what has been revealed to her but in verse 30 the angel says to her do not be afraid mary you have been you have found favor with god and thirdly she was uncertain it's natural when we're troubled and afraid to also become uncertain about everything and in verse 34 she verbalizes this confusion when she says to the angel how can these be since I'm a virgin this is a perfectly natural question Mary is engaged but not formally married she has saved herself for a husband how can she become pregnant and have a son so Mary's immediate reactions to the angel's news were probably somewhat discouraging and disappointing as she couldn't hide it Now, we can all be like that, can't we? There's a saying, my mouth won't say it, but my face probably will. Yes? Are you one of those people? (laughs) Think about some of the, I'm going to prepare you now, think about some of the presents you might open tomorrow. Another pair of socks, another pair of pants. I'm getting you ready. What's your face going to be like? How are you going to react? Is your your face going to show it even if your mouth doesn't tell it? For each of us, we can't always control our immediate reactions to events that happen in our life. And this applies to the the things that God is asking us to do as well. But we can still have some control over how we respond. And your initial reactions to something does not have to determine your ultimate response. Mary's initial reaction was one of fear and confusion. But as she conversed with Gabriel, she moved from this confusion and fear to one of acceptance. One of of, of certainty and courage, where she declares in verse 37 that nothing is impossible with God. You know, (coughs) sometimes we may think of acceptance as a a passive response to whatever's happening, no matter how challenging, strange or scary (coughs) But Mary shows how acceptance is an active response here, a process, a choice. While Mary doesn't know the details of how saying, here I am, will impact her whole life, she courageously says yes anyway. But she goes through a process to get to that final response. And notice how there's also this interplay between trust and courage. It takes trust to be courageous and it takes courage to trust in the face of uncertainty. And we see Mary working out this relationship between trust and courage in her conversation with Gabriel. Mary's ability to respond correctly has everything to do with trust and courage. Without it, I'm not sure she would have or could have responded correctly. So what about you? How do you respond in difficult situations? Do you become cynical towards God? Do you submit to him? Remember, I can't always control my reactions, but I can have some control over my responses. The word given to Sarah when she was told that she and Abraham were going to have a baby in their old age was very similar to this encounter. In Genesis 18, 14, it says, is anything too hard for the Lord? And whilst the words are similar, Sarah and Mary had different responses. Sarah's response was not considered perhaps the best, While Mary responded in a positive way, Sarah laughed cynically while Mary made herself a servant and surrendered to the Savior. And Mary must have had a relationship of trust and previous knowledge of God's power before this event that would have prepared her to respond as she did to Gabriel or even recognize him for for what he was. There must have been some preparation for this in the type of life that Mary had lived up until that point. Even so, nothing could have really prepared Mary for something like this except God's grace and provision. And as we prepare for Jesus, for what's next in our lives, we, like Mary, need to be open to the ways that God will show up unexpectedly and look for God's grace and provision even as we face uncertainty. So her initial reaction is one of fear and confusion. But as she starts to remember what she knows of God already and begins to converse with the angel, her response begins to change. Her response after being afraid and confused is one of uh, of being inquisitive and curious and quite practical. How will this be since I'm a virgin? It doesn't really make any sense to her in reality. Talking of making sense, I bought a book for Rosie for her birthday, which was just on Thursday. I went to wrap it on Wednesday night, and before I did, my dad picked up the book and had a little flick through it, and then he put it down, and he just kind of said, well, I can't understand that. That's Polish. And I, I, what? I wasn't quite sure what was going on. I'm like, what? What are you saying? And he repeated, this book is all in Polish. Now, I couldn't understand what was going on here because the front cover was in English, So how could the rest of the book be in Polish? It didn't make any sense. Why would I buy a Polish book? But yes, when I opened it up, it was in Polish. There was no understanding it. Couldn't make sense of it. Now, when I checked on Amazon, I thought, I'm checking on Amazon to make sure they've sent me the right book. Uh, Yes, indeed, I had bought the Polish version of this book. (laughs) defense I would like to say when I put this name of this book in this was the one that came up first in the search why would they put a Polish book on the top of the search you know what what is that all about they're trying to catch me out and it's quite easy quite frankly (laughs) anyway needless to say I've got my money back, and they've sent me the English version, and they told me to keep the Polish as well. Ha-ha! <laughs> so if any of you want to learn Polish, I've got a book for you that will help you. Uh, Rosie, you'll be getting the English version of that book for Christmas instead of your birthday now. Um, but we couldn't understand what was going on. It was a real surreal moment. I was like, what? what? The book, the front cover's in English. Why is the rest of it in Polish. We couldn't understand how I had managed to order a Polish book. And it was, as I say, a bit of a surreal moment. Not understanding what is happening and how things are going to work out puts you in a very unsettled and insecure place and naturally leads to questions. Mary looks at her own limitations and asks God a question. How? How could this be? It's impossible. She didn't understand how this was going to happen. It just didn't make any sense. As part of my Advent devotions, I've been reading through a book by Bette Dickinson called um, Making Room in Advent. And I've been really enjoying it. Um, I'm a bit behind, but I'm going to keep going because I've really enjoyed it. And she talks about how we find Mary in the middle of this paradox. It is the most natural thing for her to conceive a child, and yet this is the most supernatural thing she could possibly imagine. She was built for this, and yet she was totally unprepared. But in the incarnation, God chooses to take on the limits of our humanity. And he invites Mary into partnership by dwelling within her limits. He doesn't ask her to do miracles. He doesn't ask her to get a theology degree. He doesn't expect her to be strong or smart or famous or able to multitask well. He doesn't ask her to be superwoman and save the world. He plans to do that himself. God invites Mary into the partnership by asking to dwell within the confines of who she already is. What does she need to do? She needs to make herself available to make room physically, emotionally, and spiritually for him to dwell within her and to stretch her into something new. Mary is disturbed and and afraid, but she yields herself to the God who formed her with these words, I am the Lord's servant, may your word be fulfilled. She's essentially saying here, Whatever the Lord has for me is what I want. Here I am. Do what you will. Even though in those moments it didn't fully make sense to her, Mary was still declaring that she existed for God. She didn't exist to meet just her wants and her desires. She existed for God. I wonder if you've ever said anything similar to the Lord. If not, what's stopping you? What he wants is best for you anyway. So why don't you tell him that you're available? Here I am. Offer yourself for his purposes and his plan, regardless of how difficult it may be, regardless of how it might not make complete sense. For nothing is impossible with God, remember? So God uses people of faith because it does take risk. It does take courage to be used by God. Courage doesn't mean that you're not afraid. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is moving ahead in spite of your fears. It's facing your fears. For example, I'm sure Hazel won't mind me using her as an example here. Well, tough anyway. (laughs) There's a room in the garage that Hazel doesn't like to go into. And um, I absolutely understand why she doesn't like to go in this room because it's not a nice room to go into. And uh, it's, it's, it's dark, and the light is behind the door. So it's not easy to get in. So you go into the darkness, and you have to scramble for the light behind the door. And the, door, the light doesn't go on straight away like a normal light does. You have to flick it on and off, on and off a few times until it, it pings in to go in, you know. And there's all sorts of things that are crawling around there, you know. So I can get why she's a wee bit um, scared, afraid to go there. But this week, Hazel needed to go down into that room. And um, she decided, she said to me, I don't like going down there, but I'm going to do it. I've decided I'm going to do it. I'm going into the room. And she said to me, you probably think I'm a bit of a scaredy cat because I'm afraid to go in that room. And I told her that actually I thought she was very brave and courageous going down there, knowing that she was afraid to. We all know that. We might not be afraid to go in that room, but we've all got things like that that we're afraid of, haven't we? And she went down to the room. Well done, Hazel. She might not be going down there for a wee while now (laughs) after that experience, but she went down into the room. Despite Mary's responses, I reckon she still would have felt afraid, but yet she was willing to face it, and that's courage. Another word for courage is faith. Mary was a woman of deep faith. She didn't have all the answers, but she did know who did, and she trusted him. God uses uses people who dare to trust his promises and his power. So as we consider what it means for us to prepare him room this Advent, let's just recap over the example of Mary and her courage. God often calls us to do more than we think we can do, but he never calls us to more than he can do. If you're faced with something that seems too hard, remember what the angel said to Mary, for nothing is impossible with God. What impossible situation do you need, need to give to God today? God uses ordinary people who are available and obedient. Mary was ordinary, available, and obedience, obedient. Obedient. Have you surrendered to the Savior? And will you do what he tells you to do? It's only when you obey that you find out that you are better prepared for what the Lord has in mind for you than you thought you were. God often shatters our dreams so he can give us new ones, better ones. Are you still holding on to a dream that God wants wants you to let go of? Sometimes the future you think you're preparing for is not what the Lord has in mind for you, and it's not what is the best for you. God calls us in unexpected ways to accomplish his will in this world, and that can be scary. In what ways is he calling you now? And finally, always do what God tells you to do, even if it doesn't make sense, even if it scares you. Some of us want detailed explanations before we'll obey. God wants us to obey no matter what. I wonder if you're in that dilemma now. You'll never go wrong when you do what is right. Always do what he wants, even if it seems scary and unbelievable and impossible. For nothing is impossible with God. The angel came and told Mary not to be afraid, and that she had found favour with God. This is a message for us too. Our encounters with God invite, invite us out of our fears and to trust that we are favoured. That invitation and trust are, found, are the foundations for, our, for the courage we need to face in the uncertainties. What if our limits and our fears are the very place where heaven touches earth. What if our limits and our fears are the very place where heaven touches earth? God comes into the world through our limits and we make room for him by embracing our limitations. So hear and remember today that God favours you you with all your limits, your fears and your questions and your uncertainties. I wonder what your life would look like if you truly embraced the fact that you are favoured by God. What kind of courage would that give you? I want you to listen to a beautiful song that Steph's going to sing just now. It's Mary's song, Breath of Heaven. And I think the words just sum up Mary's reaction and responses... And as you listen to them, you may relate to Mary in her feelings of uncertainty, of fear, of insecurity. And yet, the song continues to bring forth the desire to be courageous and to trust in the power and the omniscience of God. Help me, the song says, help me. That is Mary's preparation for Jesus coming and perhaps you're in that place like Mary. Maybe you're feeling insecure. Maybe you're fearful. Maybe you're uncertain about stuff in life, about something God is prompting you to do, or about Jesus coming again. And I pray that today, in these moments, the Lord will help you to trust and be courageous despite your fears, despite your limits, despite your insecurities and your uncertainties. What will be your reaction? But more importantly, what will be your response? Thanks, Steph.
1: i Be- in a silent prayer I am frightened My face, if a wiser one should have. Had darkness, pour over me your holiness, for you are holy. Breath of heaven, breath of heaven.
0: pray with you. Breath of heaven, hold me together. Be forever near me. Breath of heaven. Most high God, for you nothing is impossible. Through a poor young woman in a small town you gave birth to your realm of endless glory. Breath of heaven, fill us with life, new life and hope. And overshadow us with your power and grace, which gives us courage to face our fears and uncertainties, so that we, like Mary, might be your servants, bearing witness to the promise of your word. Through Jesus Christ, who is coming to reign again, help us to be prepared for that. Amen. Amen.